David Costa, Black Belt Aviator. You know, this has been a long week. Like most weeks spent with my clients, my fellow aviators, my black belts, as I like to call them, it's been frustrating, rewarding, humbling, and fantastic all at the same time. And that's why I do what I do. I love it. Uh, but let me start by saying this, you pilots. We are never as good as we think we are. Keep that in mind when you climb into your airplane. Pilots have egos as big as the environment that we operate in. And that goes double for instructors, examiners, and so-called experts. Uh, this concept of the black belt aviator that I came up with is focused on continuous improvement towards this goal of perfection. This goal of perfection that's easily imagined, right? But it's very difficult to consistently achieve. So let's start talking about something basic. The PTS, the Practical Test Standard, or now the new ACS, the Airman Certification Standard. I fall prey to this, and let me see if you do too. This check-the-box mentality pisses me off. Check-the-box mentality. And we often view the PTS or the ACS as a series of boxes to be checked in order to impress the examiner just enough to grace us with a new certificate. I find myself doing this with my clients. A client will come to me and say, I just want to check the box. I need a rating to go buy a new airplane or, or you know, believe me, you wouldn't believe the stories I hear. But anyway, um, so I find myself doing this with, with clients. I find them forcing them to read the PTS or the ACS. I find myself expecting them to understand the criteria that they're going to be evaluated under and hoping that they'll study, prepare, and question themselves, hoping that they'll be adults. Um, or, you know what, and I really shouldn't swipe at people this way, but hoping that they'll be professional, right? Even if they're not a paid pilot and they own an aircraft, they'll be professional enough to truly understand the minimum basic standard they need to hold themselves to and, and, and work hard to achieve that, that never-ending quest for perfection. This is a black belt attitude. You know, and then I launch into this set of expectations, explanations, and questions based upon the correlation of all this stuff into a why. And if you've flown with me, you might have experienced this. I call it drinking from the fire hose. Um, you know, and, and the first signs are confusion and frustration. But a black belt aviator is going to stay engaged long enough to make some breakthroughs huge breakthroughs. And think of the ACS as this, or the PTS, a minimum acceptable standard. And then critique your own performance. If you're struggling to meet the parameters of whatever level of pilot rating you have, you're not on target. There's work to be done. This is the minimum standard, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I'll tell you what, I see pilots with a, with a commercial pilot license that do not fly to commercial standards, or worse, ATP pilots, and I'm a half-needle out on an ILS, or they're uh, unprepared for their flight in some other way, um, yeah, you're, you're going to catch wrath. You know, you hired me to help you become that black belt. You've hired me to coach, to mentor, and yes, train. Um, so you would expect that, right? That's part of what you're paying me to do. But anyway, you know, KISS principle. You know, here's where I get stupid simple. If you're preparing for your training, 
or you're practicing or any proficiency flight and you can't recite the standard for each element of the flight, stop. You're wasting time, energy, and money. And you're asking to be frustrated and you might even be dangerous in the airplane. So I see this from both high time and low time pilots. Um, cluelessness is what I call it. Uh, the, the check ride is required element of any pilot, right? I mean, we go through check rides, and the more you do, and those of you that fly in the airlines or any kind of commercial operation, check rides become a fact of life, and your job is on the line every six months. Um, but I see a general disregard of this kind of um, attitude of standard, of being better, of continuous improvement. And especially, I see a lot of low-time guys that think, I got it, I got this. You know, I'm a low-time guy, but I, I got it down. I don't need to learn anymore. I, I don't need a coach. I don't need a mentor. Anyway, I'm, I'm on a soapbox here. Um, but an ATP-rated pilot, for instance, looking to add a new rating or perhaps a 6158 ride or whatever, I, I, I look over and I ask, eye-to-eye -eye contact, let me see a steep turn to the right, what's your acceptable set of performance criteria or words to that effect? And my normal response is a blank stare usually followed by looking down for a checklist or maybe some notes, desperate for some kind of a cheat sheet to save them from this embarrassment. And then I rattle off the maneuver, ATC breaks in with a traffic alert, and then you're both searching. I call, I call altitude, and we get back to standard, and then I raise a question, and Dave talking some more in the cockpit, and people go, Dave, why are you talking so much in the cockpit? You know, um, and... <laughs> You know, flight instruction or putting, uh, putting two pilots in the front seat of an airplane um, working on these things, very, very dangerous, right? We're in a dynamic environment, and, and so my expectation of the people I fly with is that you are prepared before you get in that cockpit so we can cut down the chatter, fly safely, keep good scan out for traffic and all that other good stuff, and that we fly to standard and that we critique those standards when we get on the ground. Um, but why do I work with only a certain level of clients that, that, that I coach? Because I want people who get it. I want people that are willing to work for it. I want black belt aviators, for God's sakes. I'm not perfect, far from it, and neither are you. I guess that's where I'm going. So, so what, what we do in black belt aviator, it's very, very different. It's not necessarily instructional, though we do teach. I mean, obviously, if you come to us... And, and you want to learn a, a, a new skill, we will teach that. But primarily, we're here to coach. Um, so look at all that confusion in the last example. It's all needless, right? It's wasted time. The client hired me to coach, but it just morphed into some instructional flight, some very rote level of me reciting a, a performance standard that we, by the way, had briefed before we ever got in the airplane. And teaching certain things in the cockpit of an airplane is stupid, and in some cases unsafe. So I have to look at my actions first. My actions. Did, did we brief the flight on the ground? Yes, we normally do, right? Did I have concerns that my client didn't do their, their homework? Yes, of course. I see it all the time. Did I allow myself to be rushed to get into the air because that's what my client thinks he's paying for? You better damn well believe it. You see, we're conditioned to believe that we need to fly and flail in order to learn because we, we become lazy or arrogant in believing that 
homework is our responsibility. We assume the instructor or the other guy will cover our ass, and we become frustrated at the constant reminders, the continuous input, and the unending explanations. So alert, this is a wake-up call. This means you. You are not at standard sometimes, and that's okay. It's a part of learning, and sometimes this is a wake-up call, and you know, sometimes you get to this, uh, to this uh, fail point, or worse, the flail point, and I, I see this, right? Um, people get into a, into a sticky situation in the aircraft. They either fight through it and, and rely on their procedures, process flows, all that other good stuff that, that, that we teach, and sometimes we just see people flail. So let's get back to our maneuver example. Why do you need to be tested on your ability to do a steep turn? See, if you don't know the why, sometimes it's all, it's, you know, what the hell am I doing this for, big deal, a steep turn. You have an answer? Think, think about it. Why do we need to do a steep turn? On a, on a check ride. Why is that always a maneuver on the ATP ride or the type ride or whatever else you're doing? Well, the why is important. And if you understand the why, you will self-motivate to learn and practice on your own. You're going to seek the guidance of coaches and, and other instructors and, and progress past the need for simple flight instruction and graduate up the black belt standards. So we can discuss why you should be able to fly that steep turn with precision when we get together. But here's the performance criteria from the, from the ATP um, PTS that one, you exhibit knowledge of and factors associated with performance, wing loading, angle of bag, stall speed, pitch, power, and an overbanking trend. So if you don't know that stuff when you get into the airplane with me or when we're into the pre-brief, we're gonna, we're gonna slow down. We're gonna talk about this stuff, right? Then number two, that the pilot selects an altitude recommended by the manufacturer, the syllabus, or other training directive, but in no case below 3,000 feet AGL, and guess what? happens. Here's what happens every time. We get in the airplane and my client looks over at me and goes, uh, what altitude do I want? Then the, then the smirk happens and then um, Evil Dave comes out. No, I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> but you shouldn't have to ask that. As I guess that's my black belt standard is you ought to tell me what you're going to do. You're the captain. You know, do it correctly. Do it the standard. Show me what you're doing. Establishes the recommended airspeed. Rolls into a turn of 180 or 360 degrees with a bank of at least 45 degrees. Maintains the bank plus or minus 5 degrees while in smooth, stabilized flight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you roll into 30 degrees of bank, you're not doing the maneuver correctly. So understand your PTS. Apply smooth, coordinated pitch and bank and power to maintain altitude plus or minus 100 feet, airspeed plus or minus 10. Rolls out at approximately the same rate as roll in. Within 10 degrees of entry, stabilizes the airplane in a straight level attitude and at discretion reverses. Imagine that. Smooth, accurate. You got to know the standard. You gotta know the standard. Avoid any indication of approaching stall, abnormal flight attitude, or exceeding any structural operational limit. That is a steep turn. And I go through it quick. I go there and I, I need to see that stuff. So again, black belt aviator stuff. Go out there, understand why. Now we will talk about that. When you come and see me, let's talk about why do we need a steep turn? There's a very definite set of reasons why you need to know how to do a steep turn to that level of precision every time. And remember, plus or minus 100 feet as a for instance, that is the tabletop. That is the lowest acceptable level of performance. A black belt 
If you want to be really good, I strive for zero. Zero deviation. That's, that's the goal, right? The goal was zero deviation. Anyway, I, di I digress. Here we go. Now, you're in busy airspace. Tons of terrain. Passengers on board. ATC says, citation, make an immediate 360 to the left. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? That's where the steep turn comes in, right? Anyway, I'll leave that to you to think. Call me, 775-742-7079. Let's get together. Let's work together as peers. Let's work together to get you up to black belt standard. David Costa, 775-742-7079. See ya.